the other's gang two sisters both curious and strange i'm like a duo and they witty from the brain it's the magic hour mercedes and jay greetings boys and babes it's the magic hour a place where we navigate through life's peaks and valleys with all the vulnerability and shamelessness we can muster with the help of world-class guests from all walks of life, we uncover new truths and valuable tools for manifesting our highest potential. I'm your host, Mercedes Terrell, along with my partner in shine, Jade Bryce. Hi, you guys. Today, we are having someone on that has made such an impact in my life. Through her work, I have become more unapologetically myself, and I have learned to love with more grace. I have learned to keep my heart open when I get triggered to withhold it. And she truly is just such a walking permission slip. And the more I work with her, the more I become the same. Yes, I still think about our last episode with her two years ago. I can't believe it's been two years already. Mm -hmm. And thinking about all the growth that's happened since then and being able to talk with her again today from this new place is pretty exciting. I feel like both Mm -hmm. you and I, Jade, are totally different people now. Big time. Um, You already know this, but her soul being both really old and quite young at the same time somehow allows her to access wisdom beyond the present society and catalyze it into digestible, earthy knowledge for modern women and men. Mm -hmm. This woman is a soul igniter and a devoted teacher. Her podcast, Mind Body Musings, is ranked in the top 50 of all self-help iTunes podcasts. Yup. Her mission is to help women and men unify all parts of themselves, including feminine and masculine, light and dark, introvert and extrovert, and finally, flow and go. Teaching us all to marry our innate feminine energies with our masculine guidance, please, Help me welcome one of our favorite love queens, Maddie Moon, to the Magic Hour. Yay! Yay. (laughs) Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, we're we're so so excited. Yeah, Yeah. we are stoked to see your face again. We are both, uh, well, we're already big fans of you, of course, but we both are in your women's group, or Mm. I guess it's kind of ending now, the CC Society, but... Um, transitioning. Yes, transitioning, that's the word (laughs) I was looking for. So good to see you both in there, though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of that and us following you, there's a post that kind of pushed Jade and I over the edge and made us say, (laughs) we got to talk to you again. Um, And it was the one where you invited us to stop waiting for a conscious masculine Mm. man to take you where you want to go. So let's talk about what inspired this perspective in you. Mm. Yeah. A lot of things. Um, It's Specifically, that post was inspired from hearing my girlfriends wanting a conscious man Mm -hmm. because when they get a conscious man, then they will feel themselves be fucked open to God, right? Meeting that space where sexuality meets spirituality. And no man is ever going to deliver that to you. And I'm all about feminine and masculine um, polarity in relationship. Like certainly when I'm with a conscious masculine partner, my feminine is deepened. And um, that doesn't come without me first learning how my masculine is the one that does that and holds that for me. It's not actually 
a masculine that's outside of me. It's, it's within me. And then feeling the presence of another masculine partner who is doing his own work in this world simply deepens it. And, um, certainly like I've had partners in my life that have been conscious and, and masculine and, and showed me tantric breath work that opened me up in really brilliant, deep, safe, beautiful, nourishing ways. And, um, that is a huge lie that so many women I'm noticing are buying into is that it's, it's that that's what's needed is like needing that conscious man in order to access those parts of themselves that get deeply penetrated, hmm. deeply open, deeply spiritual. And it's just a way you're withholding. Yeah. That's really what it is. It's, it's you withholding your pleasure, your ability to open. It's you creating excuses that he's not where he should be. So therefore I won't be open. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or I'll just on to the next even or whatever the way that you decide to avoid doing your own stuff and looking at your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So if, if you were in a partnership though, and you feel the difference when you're with a, a partner and you feel like your feminine is maybe a little bit more suppressed rather than like more awoken or more like expansive, I would say like you feel like the contraction instead of the expansion. Um, what would you say? What would you say to a woman that's like feeling that you would say that it, it's something that she needs to cultivate in herself or it is something that she can bring to her partner and ask him to meet her there. So you're asking if, if, a woman is feeling, if a woman is with a partner who is more in his feminine, what does she do? Is that what you're asking? Or maybe just, maybe he's just not leading. He's not, he's not being that conscious masculine and uh, meeting her in like the depths of intimacy that she mm-hmm. wants to meet yeah. him in. Um, and, but she also feels that her like feminine is, I don't feel this way currently, but I felt this way in the past. So I, I wanted to ask. She also feels like when she's in his presence that her feminine is, more contracted instead of expansive. Like she feels mm. smaller instead of more fully herself in his presence. So with that perspective that you just, you just brought up, would that be something that she would need to work on in her own practice? Or is that something that she needs to work on in her relationship? Mm. Well, I'd say both. So there's two different layers to this. Um, the, the first one is how can you open regardless like this is, this is the biggest practice. Mm-hmm. The second is, is going to be a great practice too that I will share or more like a, a, something to consider. But the first one is if, if love could not be lost, how then would you act? Maybe you've been with this person for 13 years and they've seen you be one way for so long. And you're now interested in this polarity world. You're interested in revealing your feminine more, but you're scared that your partner will judge you for opening up in these really new ways. What if love could not be lost and only gained, only more of yourself will be discovered through this process of revealing different parts of yourself? Like I have clients who come to me who have been married for a while, for a while, and, and I'm giving them assignments to do that are just like way out of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And one of the first thoughts is, what is my partner going to think about this? This is going to be weird. You're withholding though. If you continue mm. to let that story run the show of how open you are and how expressive, because most feminine, primarily feminine beings want to be 
relentlessly open, like wild, free. And it doesn't mean necessarily that you're a goddess dancing around a fire naked. <laughs> That's not what it is. It's more that you are... Um, expressive, you know, like that's what it is. Like I, I have so much, I have so much love for expression because we as women have dulled our expression a lot for different reasons. Like maybe your father just really looked down on an expression and called it crazy or too emotional, or maybe it's the corporate world, or maybe it's that our, our expression was one time seen by a very untrustable person who then took advantage of it because he wanted a piece of that beautifulness. Right. There's a lot of reasons why tender, vulnerable women have shut down their expressiveness. But now, as we get older, as we, we learn how to create um, containers and we have safety and structure and we're financially in, independent, um, we're safe to open. We're safe to express. So we have to reteach our bodies how to open. Mm-hmm. So um, that's number one. And, and, and that means oftentimes, to your question, Jade, out feminining your man because we live in a world where women are are hyper masculine and a lot of men are hyper feminine they are scared to take the lead they are scared primarily because many women expect them to do it perfectly because we can lead so well Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. we can lead so well Mm -hmm. and many men are scared by that and because we can lead so well, it we have chronic, and this is an issue that we as women need to start paying attention to, we have chronic disapproval. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so they've already lost before they've even tried. Because we can make the mm-hmm. reservation for 7 p.m. and we won't fuck it up for Tuesday yeah. night. Yeah, it's easy. But he might forget might make it eight. I don't know. It's just, it's, there's a thing that's going on. I've noticed where it, women will are already upset with their partner because they can do it better and faster and quicker. Mm -hmm. And it's another way that we're simply withholding, even withholding our gratitude. I want to know that issue that for sure I've experienced in my own relationships over and over. And that's been a pattern for me. And it's been a pattern to be the leader and then to be disappointed when he doesn't show up to be the leader, which obviously isn't reasonable from my, uh, you know, what I'm asking isn't reasonable of him. What is it that's happening for women growing up? I think you spoke to it a little bit there. And for men growing up, that's putting us in these two polar positions that are not necessarily um, in alignment with, with the, the energy we want to embody. So if we're a woman, we don't grow, you know, we don't grow up in a situation where we become very feminine women or for a man, we don't grow up to become very masculine men a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Because we, many reasons, but it all comes down to our, um, our shadows mm-hmm. and what we're afraid to look like. So I'll give a great example. Um, I don't mean to have a whole bunch of gender stereotypes here, but I am a feminine masculine teacher. I teach men and women primarily. So that's the kind of verbs that I'm going to be using here. Mm-hmm. Um, but at all different genders and all different relationships, the same polarity works. I'm just using these pronouns for simplicity. Um, so a lot of women are hyper masculine because of it could be so many different re- reasons. Like, 
religion or they watch their mother. This is a great example. They watch their mother and their father's relationship and it was toxic. So you're a little girl and you're watching your parents and daddy brings home the bacon. Mom doesn't have any financial responsibility or power because she stays at home and she's a stay at home mom. She's a housewife. She's raising the kids and dad then has all the power. Let's say dad actually is deeply wounded himself and he doesn't have a support system because he's a man and he was told not to cry and not to feel his feelings. And he was raised in that toxic masculine environment. So he doesn't even know how to handle his own feelings. So he um, takes out his anger on mom and on the kids. And so you as a kid, you're growing up and you're watching, oh, Men have power and money and that they are not to be trusted. Women who don't have money or power will end up being beaten and hurt and abused. I'm going to grow up and I'm going to make a whole bunch of money and I'm never going to rely on a man ever. Mm. So this girl grows up. She gets a corporate job. She climbs the ladder. She becomes CEO. She's not very expressive because expressive equals very vulnerable um, even if it's just like pleasure, like that's scary. Don't show yeah. it. Um, she ends up kind of repelling a lot of the good men because she's the masculine. So all the men that, that all the men who really could take care of her aren't really attracted to her because they want to conquer something with love, like the good conscious men. And they want to protect their woman and, and keep her safe. But if she's so hardened that they're going to be like, Oh, I want to find a, a softer being to love on and it's fine that she is she's tough and it's fine she's a strong masculine that's good we're not trying to trade that in we're actually trying to add have have as much of us available as possible so that woman in this example who is very relatable to a lot of us what her deepest fear is is to be seen as the housewife Right. As the housewife who doesn't make money. And that's going to determine how she acts in the world, how she walks, how she talks, how she answers a phone call, how she takes a sip of water. Everything she does will be lived through the archetype of strong, independent woman. You'll feel it in her presence. So the deepest healing for her, if she wants to learn how to come back home to her feminine, it's for her to look at how do I relentlessly adopt welcome in the archetype of devotional housewife mm -hmm. for fun. That's the beautiful thing. It's she's not submissive by force. She doesn't have to do that. No one's in charge of her. Mm -hmm. So she's actually empowered to make the choice to welcome in the part of her that could be barefoot and pregnant. The part of her that could stay at home and make pasta and food for her husband and greet him at the door. It's playing with the energy and bringing it in because only once she starts to realize that, oh yeah, there's a part of me that can be devotional housewife through love and through empowerment. Only then will she actually be empowered mm -hmm. because her life is, is being lived currently in reaction. Mm. Not in response, in reaction, in reaction to, I can't look like a housewife. I can't look like I'm repressed. I can't look like, so everything she does, all of her choices, the men she dates is in reaction rather than in response. Yeah. So when we dig out these old narratives, doing our shadow work or whatever modality you want to use to get there, 
we can identify where we're afraid to identify. Like we're literally afraid to identify with the housewife. Or for me, it was like the nurturing mother, um, mm. you know, places where we, we saw vulnerableness and we didn't want to uh, be seen as that way because of an old narrative. So when we can, mm. what I'm hearing from you is when we can finally delineate what those narratives are, we get to release them or choose if we're going to keep carrying them or release them. But when we finally become aware, we get the choice mm -hmm. to rewrite it. This is, there's just, and there's more of us available to love too, yeah. to be loved and to mm -hmm. love. Like my partner gets to love my, my, like, uh, my like fire breathing dragon, but also my cute little fawn, mm -hmm. my powerful, empowered business owner, but then also like my sub submissive sacred slut. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I can be dominated and I can dominate. So many of us human beings walk around with just like, this is who I am. That's it. And anything outside of that scares them, triggers them, makes them reactive. It's just not a way to live. Yeah. You know, agreed. Mm -hmm. I think. I call it full spectrum living is where, you know, um, the goal is. So as much as you can be, why not do all of it while you're here? <laughs> open to all of it. Stay open, stay open. Um, I did want to bring back around just Jade's question as well, because you said something that I have actually written down here in my notes that um, maybe Jade, you were pulling on the thread when you were asking that question about how to evoke the desire in your partner to finally stand up, you know, and become the masculine man that you're, you're wanting to pull into your life or attract into your life and that he probably wants to also embody himself. Um, yeah. Like what is the right way? I get like, quote, you know, right way to evoke that. And Maddie has a quote that I literally wrote down that says, be so present that anything conscious can't help, but be consciously aware of you. Mm -hmm. So Maddie, you want to pull on that at all? Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear, I'd actually love to hear an example from one of y'all. Um, and then I'll work from there. An example of, of where, like, what's something you want to evoke? What's a, what's a property, a quality that you want to evoke? Um, it could be in your specific partner or like, yeah, actually, you're in your partner. Maybe a place where you feel you take charge too much and you, or he doesn't take charge enough. Yeah. So for me, it would be like leadership, like we were talking about where I can be so forward and um, uh, like, I don't procrastinate. So you know what I mean? So it's like, as soon as the thing is, is on the docket, I'm like, okay, do that thing. And, and it's right away where it doesn't give him enough space sometimes mm -hmm. to even try to lead if he was going to like there's never been a, a chance so um yeah i don't know if that helps at all but well, bringing up that leadership what's it what's an example of even something more specific like maybe you had um papers that needed to be signed for the two of you in an apartment you were going to rent or um something else that you you wouldn't procrastinate on yeah okay so well we could talk about the house thing because you brought it up but just as another example would be um doing a couple's work together couple's therapy together like i'm mm. huge on using therapy talk therapy especially as a modality for healing and i know he's open to that but then when we have a conversation about it it would be like, I mean, we've worked through a lot of these things. We've been married for eight years. So, you know, we've worked through a lot of these things, but that was a huge thing for me. Like I wanted him to take the initiative to then find the therapist and for us, you know, like 
or even for himself to do his own work. I don't want to be the person who feels like a mother pulling him along. Like I always say, I don't want to feel like your mom pulling you through Ikea. Cause I know that was like a thing he hated doing when he was younger mm-hmm. and I don't want to be his mom. It's not sexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm thinking actually of a very simple example for this and we can go, we could do another example for something that would be more artistic, but for this one, particularly what I would say is it's, it's quite simple. It'd be more, um, baby, I, I love so much when you take initiative around around therapy and healing. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. Kiss. That's it. You walk away. So there's a certain level of detachment you have to have of whether Mm -hmm. or not he does it or not. And as my teacher, John Wyland always says, you have to hold the pose. Mm -hmm. You have to be holding the pose simply like if you're doing yoga and you're holding a pose until the teacher says it's time to transition. You have to do that with your praise. So if you want to evoke within him the desire to be a leader in y'all's, your therapy sessions or your together healing, praise the shit out of him, even when he doesn't do it. I mean, that is the way of the future is we're getting rid of punishment being a, a thing that we use anymore yeah. at all. Gone. We have to be determined to let go of punishment, which requires immense generosity and willingness major willingness. This is the path of the willing, of Joan of Arc level willing. Um, mm. And so for him, like, because th- this is, this is, um this is not so much, this is a little more challenging to evoke than doing the dishes or yeah. something like that, where like, this is psychologically infused. There's some resistance in him to probably getting help, getting sure. help for the two of you. So there's more involved there and it, it will take like a little bit more directness of the praise of just baby. I love it so much when you, when you book our therapy sessions, thank you kissing him. And, and if he doesn't, you, you being someone who's very clear on what you want, I, I would encourage you to to do it or to do it with him and leave any punishment or any resentment mm-hmm. for him not doing it in the past all gone. You just do it because this is ultimately what you want, mm-hmm. right? It's what you want. This is the thing that you want and you have to own that, that you want this. Maybe he doesn't want it as much as you do, but you mm-hmm. do. And that's all that matters. So you own your own desire for having therapy, which also includes owning the experience of booking the sessions as you praise him for when he does, especially when he does. If he does book it, I mean, that's one of the biggest mistakes women make is that they don't praise afterwards yeah. after they finally get what they want. Why do you think that's so hard, praising? Because <laughs> it feels hard for me. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel hard. mean, but... <laughs> It's ve- no, it's very challenging. It's very challenging because that we have the thoughts in our head. Well, it was that so hard, right? You know, should have done, done it anyway. Yeah, should have mm-hmm. done it anyways. Like that's just more for me. I think if I, I think in my head, it's like, well, if I praise him, he'll stop trying. I mm. think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So it just that's something very. It, it brings a curiosity to me because it's not just you. That's you're reflecting something of our culture. Mm-hmm. Is of if we get praised, mm-hmm. we'll stop doing the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's just keep punishing. Mm-hmm. That's how our society has worked yeah. as a whole. And that's why it's so good we're having this conversation because it's making us take a double look at like, wait a minute, that doesn't make any sense to be praised for something is leading, 
is leading us to think that it won't happen anymore because they just got mm -hmm. love. Right. That's crazy. When love is actually the mm. greatest motivator. Yeah. There's this, um, are y'all familiar with Om Rupani? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, right here. <laughs> Great. Oh, oh wait. no, that's, that's Maribai. But you probably have it there somewhere. Yeah, it's right. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That um Omar Pani talks about how so weird. Have y'all talked about this in the podcast before the green light, red light? No. Okay, so he has a chapter about how every man has a green light. Well, they have a light in them. And it either goes green or it goes red. And if his love is turning on the red light by saying I should have done it anyways, mm -hmm. or not rewarding after he does the thing. His lights going to go red, and he's going to think to himself, and this might sound harsh, but it's true. He's going to think, why am I with her? Like, I'm not, like, I'm, this is chronic disapproval. I feel closing. Like shit. Yeah. I just did the thing she wanted, and I feel like shit. I need to go find a woman who makes me feel like a king. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it's the same thing for women. I'm focusing a lot about what we as women are responsible for, but it's the same thing. Like if a man is constantly turning on our red light in our body, we're going to be like, why am I with him? He makes me feel like shit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? Cause a lot of our followers are men. So I'd love to get mm -hmm. just the other perspective as well. Let me think of personal examples. Cause I I've been with, yeah, I've been with people who have, it's all different. You know, maybe we all three can, can share what, what yeah. our red lights are whenever we are, we're with someone. Um, Typically, it feels for me, it's a lack of communication. I get a red light when I speak my my thoughts, or could be something super simple. I just speak. Sometimes I just speak, and I'm met with um, a heart closure, a resistance. The most painful thing for me is is a complete shutdown mm. because I am so full spectrum that if my shadow side, my darkness, my like kinkiness, let's just mm -hmm. use that example. If my kinkiness makes my my partner at the time, whoever he is, maybe a bumble date that I've been seeing for a while, feel really uncomfortable because he's not used to to, you know, choking or he's not mm -hmm. used to spanking. Cause that's that's asking him yeah. to enter a place that he's uncomfortable. He's a good guy. If he relates to being a good guy, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden he has this beautiful woman in front of him saying, choke me. He's going to be like, oh, I can't. Because remember, men are now being feminized. Mm -hmm. They're more feminine. And so them entering their primalness is going to feel scary if they haven't welcomed that part of themselves in. Mm -hmm. So the thing for me, I turn into a red light whenever if that person that I'm with just completely shuts down and shuts me out. Then I'm mm. I kind of, or shames me even worse, shames me for my mm. openness and my sexuality. You know, there's shame or um, definitely gaslighting. Like, obviously, that's a huge one of like turning it back around, calling like your makeup or you're crazy or you're hearing something that I never said. That's a major, major one. Mm -hmm. Never going to be with someone who turns on that red light and me makes me oh. feel like, oh, I'm the crazy one because I'm not. <laughs> Mine would be something around like my husband is, ha you know, I say he's fairly securely attached, but he has an avoidant tendency as well. Mm -hmm. And I have an anxious tendency attachment style. Um, and so whenever he does things to escape essentially, which is what I call it, you know, whatever that is where he goes away or he goes away mentally, or, mm -hmm. you know, he finds different ways to escape, whether physically or mentally, spiritually, all the things. 
I feel abandoned and that's a closure for me. I mean, maybe that's too esoteric. Maybe it's too far out there, but yeah. So, I mean, to bring it into like context, it's like, Hey, um, you want to go on a hike this Saturday? And they answer me, Oh, well, the waves are probably going to be good. So I'm going to go surf. So like before even, which is okay, but like, if I, if I get into the place of I'm feeling like he's doing it because he doesn't want to actually be around me, maybe we're not in a good place at that moment or I don't know. But for me, it's like, it feels like he's going to shut down connection with me and choose something else. If the something else is especially not, um, healthy, I guess surfing is not a good example because it's pretty. That's a pretty great thing to go do. Um, I could choose to go to the beach or whatever with him. But if he chooses to go do something that is not going to, it's going to be toxic for him in the long run over being with me, then it triggers me into this old wound of like, I'm feeling um, abandoned. I'm feeling like he's choosing something over me. Mm. And part of that is my work to do. So I understand that, but also um, this is a tendency of his. This happens over and over and over. So I know it's also a thing where he wants to get away because he's feeling like it's going to be too intimate of a situation and he doesn't want to get into that zone. Um, this is stuff we work on in therapy. So, yeah, I don't know. Does that bring can anything I, else? Yeah, yeah. I want to pause on that because that's, this is really good. And we can work with this to okay. bring more, um, texture to what we're talking about here with. Yeah. Theory. So I've been, I've been reading in a lot recently. I, I'm very familiar with anxious attachment styles and avoidant. And I think, um, if we reframe them, it's actually feminine and masculine. Mm. I had this huge aha moment. Yeah. Huge aha moment. Like realizing how similar they are. It's, it's truly just feminine and masculine because the feminine in all of us is a black hole for more and more closeness Mm -hmm. and love and intimacy. The feminine in all of us is like a glutton for love and it's never fucking enough. Yeah. The core of the feminine, she wants everything. And all of us, men or women. And then the, the masculine in all of us is, um, it's, it's consciousness, it's time, it's, it's, it's space. And what the masculine's biggest desire in is in all of us is to be free of burden. Mm-hmm. Gone. Free of burden, avoidance, taking a break. That's all of us. So like, that's why so many of us connect deeply with meditation. We sit, we close our eyes, we leave for a bit. We're gone. We go into the part of us that's never changed. We go into nothingness. Mm-hmm. We drool, we drop our heads, <laughs> we lose ourselves. It's so nice. It's bliss. It's death. The masculine's deepest desire basically is to die. Right. Mm-hmm. You ever just want to crawl into a hole and never come out? And just yeah. Be That'd be easier. You know? <laughs> That's the masculine on all of us. So whereas your feminine goes, I want closeness. Come mm-hmm. to me. Because you're primarily, even if you relate to being a go-getter, you know, cross the T's, dot the I's, you're primarily feminine because you want more intimacy and love. You're an, you're an anxious attacher. Mm-hmm. And he sounds like he's primarily a masculine being. If he craves to go out and surf, just like my teacher, John Wyland does. That's his main thing is to go and surf. Just that he, and he's in the feminine when he does that mm-hmm. he your partner's in the feminine in water when he does that and it helps ground in his own masculine so instead of so i just want to 
really can pause there because that's really cool. Like anytime that we are in relationship with people and we're like, I'm anxious, he's avoidant. Actually, you're feminine, he's masculine. Great. That's exactly what we wanted. So it's good. And I love that reframe because it's kind of a, a a nice twist on it to realize, oh, actually, we have all the ingredients for polarity. Mm, mm-hmm. So a typical response might be for for you or for any of anybody else listening to this shutdown. You know, if you are hurt that he chooses that over you, or if, you know, how most women would react in the world today, they shut down. They don't say how it actually makes them feel. They repress it or they explode it. You always go surfing or fine, whatever. It's one or the other for a lot of people. I'm not saying you, but for a lot of people, that's, it's either repression or explosion. Mm-hmm. Very, first stage as david day's data calls it. it's first stage it's just like closed hearted and it's not the it's a disservice to your connection above all it's not honorable to repress how you feel it's actually mm. terrible it's really detrimental to the relationship and so many women think i'll just I'll just hold back my, I'll just hold back that that hurts my feelings because that's the best thing to do for the relationship. It's not. It's fucking killing your relationship because you're creating resentment Mm -hmm. and he doesn't have a chance to help it. So the second option would be the second stage of communication around this would be for you to say, Oh, but I really wanted to hang out with you. I really Mm -hmm. want to hang out with you. It's tender. It's truthful. It's soft. I really wanted to see you. And it's also quite simple. I really wanted to spend time together. Kiss. That's it. And um, it's it's truthful and it's um, sovereign and it's like it's talking. So while it's lovely and it's where a lot of people should try to be at, it's not hot. So what if we could find a way to reveal our truth? Your truth in this instance is I want time with you. I don't want you to go out surf. <laughs> like that's your, the, the heart of your truth. What if you could reveal that while also creating sexual attraction? Mm-hmm. That's polarity. So you can artfully begin to discover ways to reveal your truth to him that you want him to stay by embracing some of these shadow sides. So, mm, for example, five stage clinger archetype, you could play with that. He says, I'm going to go surfing and you just drop to his feet and you hold onto his legs and you go, no, I'm never letting you go ever, ever, ever. I'm a five stage clinger. (laughs) And you kind of create this whole artistic piece out of it, blown out of proportion. Like Mm -hmm. really, you have to stick to it. You have to commit to the theater of it. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, that's when we go back to the question of evoking, that's Mm -hmm. what evoking, that's how evoking happens is when we actually create art out of what what it is that we want or how it is that we feel, we end up evoking within them, oh my God, she's so cute. She's doing this thing I've never seen her do before. I don't want to go surf. I want to stay here with her. And we can do tons of examples on, on things like that. That's just the first one that comes to mind for what you shared. Yeah, I love the playfulness in that. And I, I love how you're able, able to make humor so spiritual like and I know you said that it's the highest level of spirituality but I know for me 
playfulness does not come natural. Mm. So how can people who like when they hear that example, they're like, Oh, that feels so phony to me. Or that just like, that's, that's not my personality. How can they open up more play in their hearts? Mm. Yeah. Well, I have to say this, that, that, that's the big lie. My personality. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's the box you made of who you are. That's how, mm. that's what makes you feel safe. So what that really means is that doesn't make me feel safe. Uh-huh. No, it's not your personality because your personality honestly is partly how you were born, but also partly how you were bred to be. Mm-hmm. You were raised in Morocco, the completely different family, what your personality is, even if this with the same soul, same body be wildly different. Mm-hmm. So we have to also understand that we're comfortable with certain parts of ourselves and uncomfortable with other parts because of the family we raised in, the environment, the culture, the time of our lives. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful because it's malleable. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system doesn't know how to be playful. There's mm-hmm. a big difference. Mm-hmm. Your nervous system is like, um, I mean, I, I don't know. I was, was, Jade, in your, in your upbringing was humor either all over the place everywhere. So never everything, everything was funny or was it not really, not really present at all? Was there one or the other extreme in your life growing up? Um, out of curiosity, I myself was not allowed to be playful. Um, because it, uh, I wasn't allowed to express at all. There was no like, no speaking period. Just stay in your room. You don't, I don't want to see you always was the situation. But, um, I know for me and my healing journey, uh, what was, uh, what came up around play was that that was where my sexual trauma happened. So that's where I stopped playing. Um, and so I have worked on a lot of healing around the sexual trauma, but I'm still working on opening up the play. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So great example. And it makes total sense. So one thing I would love for you to invite into your life is the idea that you're so playful. Mm. You're so funny. You're so playful. You're so funny because you are. It's just, it's your, your nervous system has an association right now with play unsafe, play death. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very closely related in your body. You know, the body keeps the score. Mm-hmm. So your body is keeping tabs on how expressive you are because how expressive you are might be associated with how close to danger and death you are without Mm -hmm. being able to breathe, right? Suffocation, you know, whatever your body is storing right now. So my first, um, you know, besides just like the talking to of like, it's in you, I promise. Mm -hmm. There's also major compassion we send to our bodies and, and, um, and love and understanding. And, and there's no need for you to be any kind of way playfully or humor, humorously. There's no, comparison that we need to do if we've made it there to being funny. There's there's little tiny things we can do to begin to bring just a little bit more playfulness in, into our lives. Um, and I'm trying to think of an example right now. It, it can honestly be like sounds, something as simple as sounds or like if you if you feel a little bit needy and you want your partner's affection or or you're not even needy, you just want to try making a sound and see how your body feels. You can go up to him and go, and just like scratch mm-hmm. at him. And that's it. Like literally that's it. And just go walk away. 
Mm-hmm. It's awkward and it's funny and it's cute. <laughs> so there's just these little tiny things like, I want to be a little bit of an animal today. You just walk over and you like rub your face against your partner and then you go on your way. Or you wear, I know y'all like to wear ridiculously cute outfits all the time, but like you, you can like order yourself and your partner like a onesie, like something that you would never expect. And then you could just be wearing it at home and then have it for him. And it might have something to do with like your relationship dynamic or an inside joke that you have. Um, I don't know. And then continue to watch, watch other humorous skits. Like I am obsessed with skits. So add more humor into your life, Mm -hmm. more spiritually and humorous people and SNL skits and just start watching how other people do humor and create awkward tension and Mm -hmm. play with things. I don't know. That's the best thing I've got right now on the top of my head because it Mm -hmm. it really is something that just comes with time and love and and compassion with yourself and the ability to not to know that if you don't take something so seriously, you're okay. Actually mm-hmm. doing God's work. I mean, God is the, like, the major comedian. It's like, he's, he, she is the best comedian in the entire world in the way that our world works. Mm-hmm. Like, men having nipples and just like things. Weird. <laughs> I don't know. He, there's lots of cosmic jokes that are entwined into our universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's helpful either or harmful, but a lot of it when I see myself getting too serious, like taking things too seriously, not being playful enough, not taking a break, not relaxing into my feminine. I ask, you know, literally, what is this all for? Because the answer is always nothing. There's like no real answer to that at the end of the day. So if I should spend all my time here being really serious and having no playtime, like, no, I, 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 that is not the option I choose. So it's like getting back to the present moment where I actually get to choose what happens from here and what happens right now, instead of when I'm projecting into the future constantly, a lot of that comes with so much suffering. Cause I'm like, just trying to want things out there and want things. And like you're saying that yearning for that feminine yearning that never ends that feminine longing that never ends. And is, is just this void that sucks in anything she can get and she'll just continue taking. And when you can remember that, like life is, has a, a time limit on it and you don't get it forever and you don't know when it's going to end, then Playtime becomes the only option almost, you know, mm-hmm. reminding myself of that. Yeah. Yeah. What, one more thought that I have for, for playfulness. I don't know if you two already do something like this, but for everyone else listening, um, when, if you're, if you're quick to go into your masculine or you're quick to get anxious about getting things done, you're going to that kind of state, give your partner permission to call you out on it and to say, Hey, put your hands mm-hmm. on the table and give mm-hmm. you a spanking. <laughs> I love it when when men do that and they're just like stop that put your hands on the table I'm giving you three spankings <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing because instantly it puts me in the feminine yeah if I'm getting anxious about things or sporadic and then and then and then my response is always oh okay yeah <laughs> and then and then it's just like, and then I and then I just allow myself to stay in that new state I don't snap yeah. back into the I'm like oh that that served a purpose now let's like stay open to this energy of just got spanked I'm a bad girl like mm, <laughs> try that it's so yeah. wonderful cool yeah I've been lately noticing whenever I am in a suffering to see like if I'm nervous or anxious to like 
be with that feeling and actually stay open to the fact that instead of trying to get out of it and escape it all the time, like what I worry about my husband doing, um, try to stay in it and see how it feels to hold it. And then what I can transmute it into. And it's been pretty cool to watch mm-hmm. what happens. Yeah. Uh, I want to move us on to another topic because I know we don't have much more time with you. I want to discuss conscious money with you and maybe some of your rituals around finance. I know Jade and I both um, sat through one of your talks about it. So I know you have so much to offer there, wherever you want to dive in on conscious money. Um, Can you give me like a little bit more? Yeah, Conscious money. So just generally, maybe you can describe for our listeners what it, what that, what conscious money is like, how can we see our money through conscious or maybe just your, your perspective on money. Um, I know you do a lot of like, thank yous to your money and you're like flirty with your money. Mm. So things like that. Yeah. My journey with money has, um, come a long way. I'm definitely, uh, I was set up very well, but my father wasn't, my family wasn't rich by any means, but he did pay for, or he made sure my college was, was paid for. And I, I have so much gratitude for being able to, to be given that kind of foundation. So I always want to acknowledge that because I know everyone's in their own space and state with, with healing their money wounds. And I grew up in that regard, taken care of, but also at the same time, there were so many uh, beliefs around money not coming easily, not coming through things that you love. Like work can't be fun. Mm-hmm. That was a huge belief in my household is like, I remember when I'd be like, I want to be a coach. My dad would basically be like, la di da, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and um, he had a lot of fear around me being financially capable of creating my own money. And I was never, there was never, I wasn't raised with like belief in me being a strong independent woman. It mm. was, there's a lot of language about please go get married, Madeline and go get a corporate job. And, and like, just, you can't understand these things on your own. So there was a lot of work I had to put into believing that money absolutely wants to come one wants to come to you, wants to find you, wants to love you, wants to be your lover, but it also wants to come to you through ways that bring you joy. Mm. Like that's a huge one for me is that money is truly trying to find me and find you through the things that you love to do. Like that's the, that's the chemistry. That's the polarity. And more recently, like where I'm at, where I'm at now right now is, is seeing money as a spirit. I know both of y'all were in the call that I mm-hmm. I did with my friend Rana. She does um spirit of money meditations. And I've cultivated over the past year this idea that money really is like um like an entity. It's it's its own spiritual entity. It's it's like kind of it's very feminine and and she is she's very motherly actually. Mm-hmm. And so I see money as this motherly um energy that comes into my life and I, I then tenderly hold. So all the money in my bank account, I'm like a, I'm like a lighthouse for it. Mm. I actually see myself as the protector and the guardian of money. Mm. Like when I get it, even mm. if it's going, going, like I have a separate bank account for my taxes and I don't really touch that. It's just 25%, 30%, whatever of everything I make, I put it into there 
and I, I just look at it and I kind of just think like, I've got like this mama in this account and I want to take care of her and I want to love her when it's time to send her to the government when it's quarterly tax time. Um, that's a very important time for me because I watch all this money I made <laughs> leave me and go off to the government. And so it's very important for me to have rituals around sending that off going like, I'm so grateful that I got to hold on to you. Thank you for coming to me. And thank you. Even though I'm not, I didn't get to spend you myself. I'm really grateful that you were there because even seeing you in there brought me a lot of comfort. Thank you. And I'm going to send you on your way to the government to make parks that are beautiful and to help homeless people. I hope, you know, like we're just like, <laughs> I hope that this goes to like cleaning up the streets in California right now and like, and like health. And, and I know whatever you do, it's going to be magical. Right. Mm. And that's very counter opposite of the language. I grew up very right wing, very conservative. Like mm -hmm. the government was the worst thing ever mm -hmm. for taking our money. And uh, I've had you can to only tithe. Yes, only <laughs> tithing and tithing you must do. <laughs> and, and so and there was only the one way to tithe, which was mm -hmm. putting the money in the big bowl that you passed mm -hmm. around at the big six flags over Jesus church that I went to with mm -hmm. massive like it just was a show. Still healing some wounds there. <laughs> Triggers. <laughs> um, yeah. So seeing her as this precious entity that gets to come into my life and and in uh, in in regards to what you were saying about the thank you, when I receive any money at all, I just do a whole host of thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank mm. you, thank you, thank you. And like, if I want to take it up a notch and bring it into the, the feminine embodiment work that I do, I'll actually open my limbs and I'll feel it coming into my body through my root. Wow. I'll feel money seep into my body and penetrate me, my heart, my mm. womb, my sacral, my third eye, I don't really normally go super high, actually. It's just really <laughs> when I keep it there in the womb space because it feels good. Yeah. But I bring the energy of money into my body, literally opening my limbs. And I do that with a lot. I do that with grief. I do that with, um, if I hear a poem I really love, I will open my entire body and feel it fill me. Mm. That's one of my favorite practices. It's just letting my body feel penetrated by X, Y, Z, whatever it is, whatever. Yeah. Feeling it come in. That was beautiful mm. uh, that you, you walk us through a meditation like that, or I think it was Rana who walked us through the mm -hmm. meditation on your, yeah. on your um, workshop. And I saw some visions for sure of what yeah. money looks like to me and who's living in there, you know, <laughs> that <Yeah>. idea. <laughs> uh, gosh, I want it. You said, you know, allowing something to fill you up. And it just made me think of this, this amazing, um, holy love making meditation that you walked us mm -hmm. through as well, which you talk about the, the a four foot cock of consciousness. And I thought mm -hmm. <laughs> we're all turned on by the idea. <laughs> and, and it goes back to, you know, what we were speaking, of course, of, of this feminine love, allowing the divine cool. to fill you up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that differentiating between what's reasonable to ask of your human partner mm -hmm. and what is you, you know, the work you need to do with the divine communing with the divine and asking it to fill you to your brim, because your brim is always, you know, overflowing if you're allowing the divine to fill you. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas with your partner, it's, it's not so yeah. reasonable Can to ask them to fill that void. 
Can you give the listeners though, maybe like um, a magic trick or an example of yeah. how to be filled up with the divine before we move on to our staple questions? Mm. Since they, m- maybe they haven't taken the Sisu system. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, gosh. Yeah. But you know, the, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast that we did. Oh, but like I was saying earlier, there's a, there's a bottomless black hole pit. Mm-hmm. So we all, if you're, if you're a primarily feminine being, which most, most women are, especially probably the women that listen to this podcast, um, even if you oper- operate with to do lists and you're logical and you're, and you're, you take action, you're probably still a feminine being. If you deeply crave love and intimacy, one thing to, to first acknowledge is that that is a black hole. It is not going to be filled ever. Mm. Even if your partner Mercedes said yes to you every single Saturday, you would not feel right. filled. I would mm-hmm. still might, find a way to be. You might even get annoyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might even get, get annoyed when you get what it is that you want. And then oh you'll crave the opposite. You'll crave for him to start setting boundaries and saying no to you because you'll miss Which I do one. sometimes also. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I it's understand I'm a, I'm a void that'll never be full. <laughs> yeah. So one is like, learn to love the no. Because every time your partner or a man says no to you consciously, of course, with respect, um, hmm. you're actually getting the gift of feeling your own feminine. Hmm. It's actually when you're with a feminine man who has no boundaries and he's the one who craves more and more closeness and he's an anxious attacher that you stop feeling your own longing. So earthly men who are in the masculine are giving us the gift of feeling our feminine because mm-hmm. we long for them. So learn to love the longing. Mm-hmm. And when you get a no and he sets a boundary and you can't hang out with him on a Saturday and you want more, honor your own heart for wanting more. Thank him for giving you the opportunity to feel your feminine by him setting a boundary. And then move throughout the day, the week, the month, like move with the, the, the feeling of, of longing for God. It's mm-hmm. like, honor and acknowledge that your longing is actually something a longing for so much more no matter what it always is it's a longing to be uni- united with the beloved That's is there mean. a moment where i will f- i have that uh, you know i have this concept in my mind i listen to yours so you tell me it all the time <laughs> you know? is there a moment i want to know is there a moment where i will have the switch happen where I can sit with that longing, yearning. It almost feels like grief in me a lot of the time and have the bliss of it, the mm. thankfulness that comes with it, you know, the gratitude that comes with it being an actually enjoy, an enjoyable experience. Mm. Does that happen? Or I just yeah, have to be able to be yeah, in pain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. It happens. It's, it, it definitely happens. Like I find beauty in the grief. You know, I find beauty in the, I mean, there's moments, it, it, things can be so beautiful that they make you sad. Mm-hmm. Like when I'm, a great example is like looking into my dog's eyes. Mm. Like I feel so much love and the love I feel from him and to him is heartbreaking because it's temporary. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this life is. There's a thing that John always says at the end of workshops when you're staring into your lover's eyes and it's been an hour and a half of deep practice and where everyone's crying and open and like, oh. Mm-hmm. And he says this thing. He says, look into your partner's eyes without moving your lips. Just say through your eyes, let's love each other because we don't have 
much longer. Mm-hmm. And it just like breaks me open yeah. when I hear him say that. It's just in my mind. Is, mm-hmm. let, this doesn't last forever. So let's love each other. This doesn't last. Like that to me, it fills me up. It's not just grief. It's like, it's beauty. Yeah. You know, I think all beauty has a tender, sweet sadness to it because it is temporary. And that's what makes it so magical. So we have to, to learn to love our own grief and not yeah. be afraid of it. That is beautiful. That example of joy or beauty on the opposite of grief, but really they're just sitting so closely together. You can almost taste the other. um, When you, when you sit with it long enough, you know, it kind of transmutes itself. Beautiful stuff, Maddie. I'm going to have to integrate more, integrate more, (laughs) sit with it more. Uh, So we want to wrap up the show here and we like to ask a few short questions as we do that. So first off, if you could hug your younger self right now, Mm. what would you say? Oh, I would hug her and I would say, oh, oh my God. I would just, I'm so, so basic. I just say, I love you. That's really what I need. I love you. I have this little, I don't know if younger me would, would get it, but I would say, I love you for free. Mm. love you for free i had a lover that would tell me that after i broke up with him because i was so afraid that i would always lose love yeah if i was a bad girl or i did something wrong or i broke up with you like i would always lose it and he just would tell me all the time i love you for free Mm. and that's like my favorite thing now is like you don't have to do anything it's free i love you i love that if you could have the whole world read one book which would it be Mm. man Books do I got there? On my <laughs> um, uh, I would say actually, yeah, I would say Gene Keys, the Gene Keys book. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a massive book. It covers a lot. So it's kind of cheating. Okay. It just covers. Do you everything. favor Gene Keys over Human Design? Do you feel? Really? Majorly. Okay. <laughs> Majorly. Oh my God! Yes, so much. Okay, I just uh, signed up for the you and your like um, file that you send everybody. You have a Gene Keys course. And I just signed up for that. So I'm super awesome. excited. Yeah. Awesome. The golden path. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, oh, it's just amazing. And yeah. for those of you who haven't, um, Maddie had Richard Rudd on her podcast and it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know twice. Okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> I'll the, the author of the creator. Gene of Keys, Gene Keys. Yeah. He's like Jesus. He's, he I'm ready to like, <laughs> he's really channeling a, it. I'm yeah. going to pack a rucksack bag and just like follow him. Like I've thought about like asking him, can I just come like live in England? And like, that's how we feel about Eric Gotzi. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. We'll Ooh. have to introduce you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm about halfway through Gene Keys and I have to kind of just go back and sit with, you know, one chapter at a time and just, feel into it. I mean, there's so much in there. You can just live in one chapter your whole life. I feel like it's that's amazing. Intense. You're halfway through. I've only, I only read one at a time, like slow. Yeah. Probably yeah. Read five keys total. Cause I go, yeah. Through. Yeah. I mean, that's probably how it should be done, but I, eh. I just keep going while I'm jogging every day. You know? <laughs> yeah, I like that approach. <laughs> um, I figure it, it integrates in there at some point. It's all getting in there. Um, okay. If you could whisper one phrase to everyone on the planet, or at least everyone who's listening now, what would you say? Mm. One phrase. Um, oh, man. 
I don't know why this is, this doesn't make any sense probably to people listening, but I would just say, um, I'm really obsessed with, again, Richard Rudd said this, but divine drunk, mm. drunk on the divine. Yeah. I would mm. just say, get drunk on the divine. Mm. <laughs> so no, I just, I love that. Even to me. Get drunk on the divine. <laughs> shoot, it, shoot it in your mind. <laughs> I love that. Um, before we let you go, where can people find you online? You can find me at maddymoon.com. That's M-A-D-D-Y, moon.com. I've got a free feminine embodiment practice on, mm. on there at Maddie, um, maddymoon.com forward slash feminine. And you can find me on Instagram, Madeline Moon. That's M-A-D-E-L-Y-N Moon. And my podcast, Mind Body Musings, has been around for seven years. There's 330 episodes now. Dang. Uh, Amazing. Lots of stuff. Yeah. So those are the main spots. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Maddie. Your work has been so impactful for, for my life. I know for Jade's life as well. And we are still learning from you. So we're just thankful that you're out there doing not only feminine relaxing into your feminine, but you're also out there doing that work because we are getting so much from it and passing yeah. it on to our listeners as well through yeah. we changing do. so many lives. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Both of you. I wanted to ask you super quick, what is the meaning of the honey in your profile picture on Instagram? Like where it's on your mouth. Ah. Uh, Oh, uh, <laughs> to me, it's so being, being, <laughs> being raised in the South, um, conservative and also with very narcissistic, abusive mm. family, um, everything needed to be clean, prim, proper, mm. perfect. And to me, a very big edge in my life has been to be, um, really messy and mm. in sex specifically messy, grovelly, open, wide swelling just like just embrace everything that is like the sexuality of like hands in the soil mm, earthy and there's something about to me honey dripping down the face it's sticky it's mm. like it's messy it's gonna mess with your skin but it's so sweet mm -hmm. it's so erotic and to me it's it's the perfect per perfect representation of what a sacred slut does which is me um mm. So that honey in me is, is like, I get turned on looking at myself with honey going down my face. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just, it's yummy. It's indulgent. It's intoxicating. It is the feminine. Yeah. Yeah. I okay. That. I had a ceremony where um, Mary Magdalene put honey on my lips mm. and then um, I saw your profile picture and I was like, oh, I'm going to ask her what that meant mm. to her. So thank you for she's sharing. My number that. That one. Really she's beautiful. my guide. She's, she's yeah. my guide So it's maybe. Yeah. There's some, there's some Magdalene and honey, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's that messy playtime that Jade, you, you're working on right now, incorporating into your life. Yeah. What I got from it was like tasting the sweetness of life. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. yeah I like that. That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. Thank so you, much. Maddie. Yeah. You're welcome. Amazing. Thank you for Appreciate having me. Appreciate you. Oh, I don't like when we're constrained to only an hour with and anybody. Now! Ever. It's hard. It gets, it is really hard. Rigid. Rigid. All right. What is your magic trick? Okay. My magic today is super sweet and simple. It is to stop saying sorry for lots of things, but I'm going to give you just four. The four that I'm going to bring to your mind today, because we can all hold four things in our mind to stop saying sorry for, right? Stop saying sorry for being busy and owning your own time. 
Stop saying sorry for setting boundaries for yourself. Stop saying sorry for not being perfect always. Stop saying sorry for crying or showing emotions. So this came to me because I have um, several friends, actually. Jay, you've even talked about this on the show uh, where you noticed yourself doing it a lot of like saying sorry. And you're like, what am I apologizing for? Like taking up space, like being alive. Like, <laughs> is it my existence? Well, I tend to leave. Yeah. I tend to leave really long audio messages and then end it with, <laughs> sorry, this is so long. and sorry. I cussed so much. <laughs> but, but I, I try instead to say, thank you for listening to this whole thing. Yes. There you go. So, and thank you is a great replacement for sorry. If you have to feel the, mm-hmm. that feeling. But in this case, when I'm talking about these four um, specific examples, you don't need to say sorry for crying or showing your emotions. Like you're allowed mm-hmm. to Never. exist. Yeah. You're allowed to be a lot and whatever you think too much is you're allowed to exist. Um, so please, especially women, but also men who might have this tendency too. but stop saying sorry for your existence. That's really what at the end of the day, like if you sit with it, you might be apologizing for um, taking up too much space essentially. And it's amazing that you take up space. You have, you are worthy to take up space. So I just want this to be a reminder. I hope it doesn't come off as like annoying, but I, I'm, I know that if something you expressed, it happened for you before. I know I've heard it a million times. I've probably done it a million times myself. So hopefully it's valuable. What's your magic today? So mine, this can be mixed into any meditation that you do. This isn't like a a meditation in itself. It's just something to involve in your meditation. So, and whatever, you know, that you're sitting with to, um, you know, as you're taking your big belly breaths to feel, this is, this is what I like to do in, um, So for me, every day I do a different meditation. I don't have this one regular thing that I do every single day. I have uh, notes in my phone with different links to meditations and I just go down the list. And when I end it, I start all the way over. And, but in all of those, what I've been doing, and I got this from Maddie Moon is in the middle of that meditation or whenever feels right, as I'm taking big belly breaths, I imagine that like I'm leaning back into the divine masculine. And that can be whatever the divine masculine is for you. It could be for some people, I'm always surprised, but for some people, they say it's their partners. (laughs) For some people, they say Christ. I'm always surprised for some reason. I'm always like, oh, that, I don't know. I just ain't enough. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds so rude, but I just, I like to picture like, honestly, I like to picture Christ. Um, Some people like to picture like, Well, to Maddie's point earlier, we long for more than a human can offer. So it is kind of interesting that they think of the divine as human. When they say their partner, I'm always like, wow. Like for some reason, I don't know. Although Christ was human. I'm just going to put that there. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know how, who, I don't know. He wasn't, you know, I didn't know him. And And we're all divine as well. Yeah. Yeah. But that's who I picture is Christ. I lean back. So, okay. So in this meditation, you're going to do be during your big belly breaths. You're going to imagine that you're leaning back into whatever the divine masculine is for you. And then you're staring in front of you into the eyes of whoever the divine feminine is for you. So for me, that's Mary Magdalene. For some people that's Kali, for some people that's, you know, Durga, whoever. And 
and just let them see all of your triggers, all of your transgressions, all of your sadness, whatever it is that you're feeling that you, that you want to release or that you want to give to them. Mm-hmm. And then hear them both, the divine masculine and the divine feminine say, I love you. I see that and I love you. And then just receive that love from both of them. And for me, I feel very wrapped up by the, by, um, the masculine and feminine energy in that space. It feels mm-hmm. almost like, for me, it feels almost like motherly and fatherly. So, okay. I just envisioned because I was thinking from a listener's perspective and from my own perspective when I first did Maddie's, uh, holy lovemaking meditation that it, the same thing is asked of you, like to, to envision the divine masculine or feminine. In this case, you want us to envision both. And from my perspective, when I did that, it was really hard for me to come up with that. I got really caught up on trying to figure out who that person or mm. figurehead or vision is that is the divine, what masculine. And well, divine who do you picture when you picture the cock of consciousness? I picture Xerxes from 300. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who is also like the bad God in that, but whatever. That's who I picture. Kind of also mixed with Leonidas though. So it's kind of human. But what I was going to say is right now, when I was listening to you, I envisioned the masculine and feminine divine as a whole tribe of super strong females standing in front of me as the feminine. And yeah, you can do that as men standing behind me, like kind of holding me and, you know, holding me or receiving what I need to give or whatever it is. So I kind of like that where it's a collective. You don't have to like even pin it on one. That's fine. Yeah, I love it. Okay. But good. I like your magic. <laughs> anyway, you. I just wanted to add that tidbit because sometimes I know I got lost in like trying to figure yeah. that out and was like losing track yeah, of I can the see actual that. practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Magic mobbers. Thank you so much for tuning in and taking this journey with us. If this episode held some magic for you, please share it with your friends and family. This would mean so much to us. And don't forget to join us on our Instagram page at the magic hour and let us know what your favorite episodes have been so far. We appreciate all of your feedback and want to know what's lighting you up. Yes, guys. And as Jade mentioned there, we absolutely adore you for sending us reviews on the podcast app and on, uh, and writing us, excuse me, leaving us ratings and reviews. So five stars, of course, and leaving us a review. If you like the show with just a quick little something, something about it, just say, love ya fam. And we will be so appreciative. That's the only way that this podcast gets to all the ears out there. And it's also what helps us get guests on the show who we want to talk to. So we can hopefully bring their expertise and value to your life. So love you for doing it. Thank you in advance. And I want to also invite you to, of course, listen every Monday because we release a new episode. And if you'd like, you can go find another one of our episodes in our podcast library now. Until then, be a light. Quick disclaimer. We are not medical professionals, so following any of our protocols or advice should be done at your own risk, people. And please remember to always, always do your own research. Tap into that extraordinary growth mindset we all have access to within ourselves and seek out your own answers. Come on, guys, you know, you know the deal. And by the way, if you are a medical professional or an expert in any topic we cover and you feel we are not giving accurate information about it, please find somewhere to contact us. Contact us via social or email us at our website and let us know. 
A major goal of ours in doing this podcast is to bring value to people's lives by sharing helpful insights and info. So we welcome being corrected at any time and we'll be happy to share any of our fuck ups with our listeners so as to get us all back on track to discovering our happiest, healthiest selves.